Well, last month, Adelaide was named the world's second national park city. We have the most stunning parklands, don't we, and national parks. It's just beautiful. Imagine what Morialta Falls would be like today after the weekend's rainfall. It'd be absolutely beautiful. Well, Stuart Paul is the Director of Regional Operations for National Parks and Wildlife Service, and today we're going to take a bit of a trip around our state's most popular parks. Stuart, welcome to the program. How are you? Hello, Jade. I'm I'm really well. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us. You've got a wonderful job. Tell us, does that in does that mean jumping in the car and and visiting them on a regular basis? It's one of the great things about my role, Jade, looking after regional operations across the state. And oh, um, wow, yeah, from the northeast, southwest, I managed to spend a bit of time across across our great state and. Uh, uh, we've got 360 national parks, or, or a couple more than that now, which I'm happy to have a chat about. And uh, so there's a, there's a lot that I haven't been to yet, but I've seen a few. Have you got a favourite? I've got a, I get asked that question occasionally, and um, uh, in my role, I guess you have a few favourites, don't you? I, um, I look, I grew up spending time as a young lad down around Aldinga Scrub, so mm-hmm. used to spend time with my brothers mucking around down in the scrub <laughs> there and having a good time. And then later in life, we used to get on the train and get off at the Belair Station and head up to uh, Belair National Park. And perhaps more recently, in the last few years, I've managed to spend some time in the beautiful northern Flinders Ranges, which are special for so many reasons. So lots lots of favourites, Jade. Too many to name, I think. Is that why you wanted to be, you know, secure a job like this? Because it, it started as a youngster? It did for me. It certainly did. Growing up outdoors um, along the coast and... Mm. Uh, spending time up on the river, um, you know, getting out camping, fishing, enjoying the outdoor lifestyle. And it was a a job for me um, when I uh, finished up my time in university where I thought, look, this is is great because it's about environment and conservation. Uh, It's about people. It's about uh, people learning and coming to appreciate, you know, our natural environment and national parks. And um, I started out working as a park ranger and I've really never looked back. It's been terrific. That's so cool. And it's a, certainly a popular job. And now more than ever, we've got people flocking to parks. Thanks to COVID, we, we, we're staying closer to home more than ever. And we're really witnessing a real surge in people just going back to nature, aren't we? We are. We are. It's been quite incredible for us. Um, particularly over the last couple of years. And I, I wouldn't, of course, say that we have silver linings with COVID at all, but mm. um, we've managed to keep our national parks largely open, you know, during the COVID pandemic period. So part, part of that's because we really realised that um, for our community here in South Australia, being able to get out and about in your local park and exercise and stay fit, spend time in nature, um, you know, parks are great for our physical health, mental health, spiritual health. And... Certainly over the last two years, we've seen some um, terrific increases in visitation across our parks. We've had, um, we've had parks where um, we've had a lot of first-time visitors. So our rangers have been talking to visitors in parks who say, you know, we've never been to this national park before. We've always wanted to come and now we're here. Mm. Uh, we've, we've had parks that don't usually experience a lot of visitation receiving visitors as people want to get out and explore a little, a little bit further and a little bit deeper in their own backyard and um it's been it's been terrific for us because our rangers love welcoming visitors to parks and spending time with uh with with our visitors so um parks like uh, dilbergarunda innes national park deep creek conservation park uh the coorong national park particularly at this time of year jade 
during you know the December and January holidays, our coastal parks have been hugely popular, and we've, we're seeing more people out and about in them than we than we ever have before. So it's a great time for us. We often say that social media is the enemy, but in cases like this where we can all get behind the lens and, and take photos and word can spread really quickly, it, it can prove a fantastic thing. And just recently I've seen some of the most spectacular photos of, you know, of the Port Wollonga area and just some and the parks near Mount Gambia, Narricourt Caves, the list goes on and on. But we are so blessed, aren't we? And that's what I love about this social media is that, you know, a park that may not be you know really popular uh, someone's discovered this hidden secret and then all of a sudden it opens up a whole new region for a whole new group of people to, to discover it sure does sure does between our you know our website uh our instagram page the number of subscribers and people we have following our you know our web-based media mm. it's a terrific platform for us to promote um you know various parks and we have a we have an initiative named park of the month where each month in our state, we feature a park or an area uh, of the state and uh, often we'll provide a range of free entry, free camping, free activities for people in those parks. So guided walks by rangers or snorkeling events if it's down on the coast. And those park of the month activities that are advertised through our uh, web and social media pages are heavily subscribed. You know, we've got a, a real community that take those opportunities up and love meeting our rangers. So... Um, you're, you're right, and for people to be able to share their photographs and their images back back through Instagram, through our webpage, um, Facebook with with us, we're, we're more than happy to put them up and share them across across the state. There's some beautiful photos that come in. That's that's great. I love that. Uh, let's ask um, about school holidays. The summer period's just about to wrap up, but we've still got a few more days. So, uh, you know, for people listening that might just want to get away for, for this week or potentially do homeschooling, you know, remotely, where where could they go? What's been uh, some really popular places and getting some big numbers? Yeah, sure. Sure. So, uh, I mentioned Dilbergarunda or Innes National Park, or Dilbergarunda Innes National Park, I should say. It's a, a co-managed park now with the Narunga community at the at the foot of the York Peninsula there. That's been our park of the month for January. Now, sorry, been... you say that that has just been... Um, can you elaborate a little bit on that? So there's there's two groups of you that are looking after that. When, when did that come about? That's right. That's right. So within the last 12 months or so, we've entered into a co-management arrangement with the Narunga community to, oh, wow. to co-manage the Dilba Garunda Innes National Park. And for all those visitors that have been down there this, this summer, they will have certainly seen the, the brand new entry, uh, entry signs that are there. And, um, look in, Jade, I'd like, perhaps in a, in a minute, I might have the chance to have a chat about Parks 2025, which is a, uh, an investment program that, that uh, where we're investing significantly in the upgrade and uh, revitalisation of all of our visitor facilities in parks. But um, we actually have uh, 14 different co-management uh, arrangements established across the state where we manage in partnership with local traditional owners a number of our um, most iconic and, and um, visited national parks. So parks like the, the Icara Flinders Ranges National Park, Dilba mm-hmm. Garunda Innes National Park, um, uh, the Gawler Ranges, for example, as well. So quite, quite a number of co-managed parks across the state where we manage together with 
local traditional owners and Aboriginal partners. Well, traditional custodians, I mean, they know the land better than anyone is ever, ever going to and how they cared for it and just the stories that could be told and passed on, I'm guessing, would be quite amazing. Are they on, often on hand to, to tell these stories? They are. They are. Oh, it's, cool. it's, a ter- it's a terrific model because, of course, when we manage parks in, in collaboration with our traditional owners and, and partners, you know, we're able to ensure that the cultural heritage and the, the incredible, you know, Aboriginal cultural heritage of these parks is not only protected but also recognised and um, and interpreted for, for visitors to parks. So, it's, so, so, you know, if we come back to the story, the National Park story, which I, which I think is just such a hugely important story that needs to be understood and shared for mm. us here in South Australia. We have um, we have over 360 parks that cover 20% of our state. And, of course, while a lot of our parks are proclaimed and recognised and protected because they, they can serve our important ecosystems and amazing biodiversity, our parks are, are, are about so much more than that, of course. They... They provide places for people to visit and holiday and adventure. Mm. Um, they provide a refuge in the, in the face of climate change, really, because if our species and systems are going to adapt well to climate change, then our parks provide an opportunity for, for that adaptation. Um, no, they're a place for our, our First Nations people and traditional owners to come to, to, to connect with country and spend time in country. And I've just spoken briefly about our co-management model where we manage parks together. Yeah. Um, and, and look, parks are also really important, obviously, from a, from a scientific research, education and learning perspective. And, and, and they make a terrific economic contribution to our state, um, not, not only through our overseas and interstate visitors, but, but also as we've seen and spoken about during the COVID period where all of our, a lot of our South Australians are, uh, are holidaying at home and, and spend, spending money in, in support of our regional economies. So the, the National Park story and all, all that parks stand for and all that are, is, are important about them is, is a great story to, to share and reflect on. It's so important. I've got a text message here from Mary. Could you please tell me about Seal Bay? I'd love to go, but I don't know much about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks, Mary. Thanks. Great question. So Seal Bay Conservation Park is, Located on Kangaroo Island, um, a number of listeners will be aware. It's, it's an incredible place. If you haven't uh, been down to Seal Bay and seen the Australian sea lions down there, and just how accessible they are, um, it, 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 along, along with the natural beauty of the landscape, the park and the coast there, it's, it's a terrific experience. So there are a couple of options at Seal Bay. Um, visitors can walk a boardwalk which is elevated above the sand dunes and provides a terrific view of the of the bay and the sea lion colonies as they as they swim or rest on the beach um or alternatively you can uh, take a take a walk with one of our guides and our guides take small groups actually down onto the beach in amongst the sea lions and talk about the biology and the ecology of the sea lion and you're up close and personal with them and it's a it's a it's a really terrific experience so um I think it's one of those must-do things. If you're on Kangaroo Island and you're spending a few days on the island, which everyone should, then Seal um, Bay is one of the one of the jewels in our crown. If you've got any questions about our beautiful parks and national parks, you can call in and ask Stuart. He is the Director of Regional Operations for National Parks and Wildlife Service. Eight double two three double o double o. We're going to take a really short break. We'll be back soon.
Hi, it's Jane Riley here. Join me on a virtual tour beyond the border to see what's possible in Victoria. All thanks to the local travel experts at RAA. Spend a week exploring Victoria's great southern touring route, including the Great Ocean Road. Our journey promises to be filled with famous sites and hidden respites. Keep listening in for our virtual Victorian road trip. Just Google RAA Travel or visit Victoria for more info. Keep on moving on. Be part of one of the most important events in SA this year and get paid for it. The state election is March 19th this year and the Electoral Commission of South Australia need over 7,000 South Australians to help deliver democracy on polling day. So if you could do with some extra cash and want to be part of one of the most important events in South Australia, head to ecsa.sa.gov.au and register to work at the state election. Our pets can be a huge comfort at this time, and to some of us, they are clearly part of the family. So show them you care and head into your local Cheapest Chips for amazing catalogue deals out this Wednesday. There's loads of great deals like a huge 1.3 metre wide padded dog bed for $79 and also puppy training pads, bulk 200 pack for only $20 for only $44. Call into the nearest Cheapest Chips and check out the Barrel 3.8 litre pet food or water dispenser for only $16 or Strong Pet Harness for $18. Plus, check out these pet food hot buys, 8 kilo chum dry dog food, a hot buy for only $18.99. 10-pack of Sparky's Pig Ears, $18.99 and also Dine Cat Food, 85 gram tins for only a dollar 25 each so get to your local cheapest chips for amazing catalog deals out this wednesday even pets live cheaper every day at cheapest chips some concrete companies can be a little but at adelaide exposed concrete we're changing all that we're a team of highly skilled, highly professional tradespeople with a passion for delivering stunning, exposed aggregate driveways, paths and entertaining areas. The best part for us isn't packing up. It's admiring the job we've done. Adelaide Exposed Concrete. Best on ground, all year round. Do you think a concert pianist needs a builder's licence? No. Does a chartered accountant need one? Uh, highly unlikely, Will. Yes, but what about a house inspector? Well, surely they need one. No. Unfortunately, there are no regulations in the industry that say you must be a builder to become a house inspector. Mike Pearl from House Inspect Australia is a third-generation licensed builder and his team is the most qualified team in Australia for house inspections. It's the biggest purchase decision of your life, so don't risk it. Go to houseinspectaustralia.com.au. Now you can scan your flybys card at Bunnings Warehouse and Officeworks. Collect points on the latest tech, your DIY deck, barbecue bits, and back-to-school lists. Two more places to collect flybys points. Get scanning. T's and C's apply. Jade Robran on 1395 Adelaide's 5AA. And my guest is Stuart Paul. He's the Director of Regional Operations for National Parks and Wildlife Services. And I've got a, I've got an email that's just come through, Stuart, from Harry. I want to take the kids camping. They're obsessed with caves. Should I be taking them to the Narricourt Caves or should I visit the Tantanula Caves? What's the difference? <laughs> thanks, Jade. Um, look, thanks, Harry. I, I would say you've got plenty of time to do both and they're both fantastic experiences. Um, 
we were talking previously about Steel Bay, and one thing I was going to, to mention is that uh, because these are organised tours with our with our guides taking people down into the caves and onto the beach with the with the sea lions at Steel Bay, it's important to, to make your booking before you go just to avoid disappointment because, of course, if you're travelling from Adelaide, you'll spend some time getting to these locations. So I will just mention, Jade, our website, which is parks.sa.gov.au, mm-hmm. and you'll find all, all the information you need there. You'll find out uh, we've got a know-before-you-go page there which talks about you know, any, any temporary or uh, short-term closures that we might have in place in parks for various reasons. Right. And we talk also about booking. So that's where we have our online booking system and people can book their camping experience, their heritage accommodation experience or their or their tour at a place like Narracourt Caves. So um, I was down at Narracourt recently in the Narracourt Caves. They're, they're, they're stunning. We've just... Um, We've just opened a new audio-visual experience, which is a projection, if you like, of the megafauna of the Narracourt Caves area on the cave wall down there at the Victoria Fossil Cave. And the cave tours and the work that our guides do are terrific. And when you skip over to Tantanola from Narracourt, the Tantanola Cave itself is um, what what we would say is an extremely decorative cave. Um, it's incredibly beautiful and well lit and well worth the visit if you're actually going down there. So I'd say spend some time in both Narracourt and Tantanola Caves. You could you could do those over a couple of days together and I'm sure the kids would love it. Uh, Bill's just texting. He goes, I'm six foot four. Will I fit in the Narracourt <laughs> Caves? <laughs> just? Uh, I'm, I'm six foot three and I, I bump my head just about on uh, <laughs> on, on anything that's... Um, it's a little bit low for me. So you do, you do. They're very comfortable. They're, they're actually very comfortable. The cave, the caves have got really good access uh, down onto the cave floor, and a very stable and well lit access down in the caves themselves. And the tour guides, our guides, do a terrific job of keeping small groups together and safe. So um, plenty of room for everyone, I'd say. I'd love to ask you about this Parks 2025 initiative. The South Australian Government has committed to upgrading quite a few number of visitor facilities across all your national parks. So what's the plan? Yeah, thanks, Jade. So, look, Parks 2025 brings together a number of investment initiatives that that total around $130 million in in our state, which is is terrific support for our National Parks and Wildlife Service. And... Mm. And a lot of the investments around revitalising our parks and improving the standard of our visitor assets, including our campgrounds, walking trails, boardwalks, viewing platforms and so on. Um, and you'll see Park 2025 investment flowing out, flowing right across the state. So um, from, from the significant recovery and rebuild of, of Kangaroo Island, where we uh, the government's investing $50 million, around $50 million, and our minister... Minister David Spears recently launched the brand spanking new boardwalk down at Remarkable Rocks, which is which is a terrific asset. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Uh, through, through to work in the Adelaide Mount Lofty Ranges, new new camp uh, camp re- refurbished and revitalised camping experiences down uh, at the foot of the Air Peninsula in Lincoln and Coffin Bay. Oh yeah. Similarly, down at Dilbergarunda Innes, and and even up into the Hickory um, Flinders Ranges Park, and and the new which I, I'll. Um, Elaborate on the new Nilpena Ediacara National Park, which will which will soon open to park visitors. So, lots of upgrade, refresh, renewal, great new visitor experiences, and interpretation of uh, of our parks for visitors. So, um, 
Yeah, re- really interested in feedback that the community and uh, your listeners might have on, on their experiences across our park. Yeah, would love to. And if you uh, want to call in and let us know about your experiences, you might have uh, been to a couple of these national parks over the summer holidays. Call in and let us know. Eight double two three double o double o. You might have discovered some some little secret that Stuart doesn't know about. I doubt it, but you never know. <laughs> um, now, Billy has messaged in saying, uh, I love Cleveland Wildlife Park. The koalas are my favourite. Uh, is it still open? Thanks, Billy. Thanks. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, Cleveland, the Mount Lofty Summit, the Adelaide Jail, and and those um, other commercial sites such as Little Bay, Narracourt Caves, etc., uh, are all still open. Um, look, Cleveland, Cleveland's beautiful at this time of the year because you're up at the Mount Lofty Summit. You're up amongst the the open forest, the stringy bark open forest, and um, it, it, uh, it's, it's a beautiful location. Um Look, even I, I actually don't mind Cleveland on a cold winter day where you're up amongst the fog oh, because me it's, too. it's so fresh and invigorating at that time of the year. But um, certainly spring and summer are our busiest times. So um, great place again to take the kids up at Cleveland. Thank you, Stuart. We're going to wrap things up, but really appreciate our chat. Thank you, Jade, and thanks to all your listeners and uh, hope to see you out in our park soon. Absolutely. That is Stuart Paul there from National Parks and Wildlife Services. We're going to take a very short break. Coming up afterwards, the ballot closes tonight on whether or not teachers will take strike action. We'll talk to the union coming up and then find out a couple of jobs that are happening in our great state. You might have woken up this morning and gone, ah, don't want to go to work today. I need a new job. Well, Andrew Sullivan just may have the ticket for you. With continued cases.